Ruin My Childhood. All right. Thank you for listening to Ruin My Childhood, the podcast where we decide if some things are better off left in the past. As always, I am Mike. And I'm Kat. How are you doing tonight, Kat? I am having an interesting week. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it's been an interesting week for both of us, but especially you. (laughs) So let's take our minds off this week and uh, talk about a a great movie, or at least a movie that we hopefully will remember as being great. Um, We're going to be talking about one of your favorite characters, just in general. You love Robin Hood, and I I know you've watched a bunch of documentaries, so we're going to be watching the Disney animated classic uh robin hood and i love you know, me seeing robin hood in his tights mm. and his merry men mm. in their tights <laughs> mm. i love all the men in tights <laughs> <laughs> so what do you remember about this movie katrina oh gosh i love this movie this movie has it, it's interesting because there were several distinct styles of animation within disney films and I think part of that had to do with recycling footage (laughs) and Robin Hood was included in one of these films where, you know, especially like um, dance scenes, they recycled. It borrowed from Snow Um, White, I I don't remember who borrowed from what, but I know that there were scenes in the Jungle Book that were the same in Robin Hood and there were um, there were several different scenes in different movies. I think um, Snow White was one of them as well, but. Yeah, I think Mar- what's what's the Robin Hood's Maid love Marian. interest? Maid Marian. Maid uh, Marian. When she's dancing, they take one of the Snow White dance scenes of from Snow right. White. I'm pretty sure it's. It's this. just this kind of um, scruffy, grainy, textured, fun animation style that doesn't try to look too realistic, and so by not trying as hard to make these characters anatomically correct, per se, it just really adds this other element that feels really good visually. So, you know, it's kind of an... (laughs) Anatomically correct. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, I mean, I find it enjoyable. It's uh, a similar animation style to 101 Dalmatians, and something about it just feels really cozy, and I really like it. I like um, the voiceover in this. I like the music in it. And I just watched this movie so many times as a kid that I honestly probably will be able to remember all of the lines as we're watching it, even though it's been, you know, at least eight years since I've seen it. Wow, that's actually pretty. So you've watched it since around the time yeah, you've known me. Definitely. Weird. So I've, I've seen this movie and I remember liking it. Um, this is you know, obviously before like the Disney renaissance of like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and so on. Um, this was not one that I owned on VHS. I think maybe my grandmother may have or one of my cousins. So, you know, I watched it a few times as a kid, but it was not on my constant rotation. And like the only parts that I really remember about this movie is I know when he goes and does like the archery contest, which is like the cliche part of Robin Hood, like every version of Robin Hood has like the contest. He's like dressed up like a stork or something mm-hmm. like that. And then the other part I remember, and I don't know why I remember this, but I don't remember what animal this guard is, but there's like a guard walking around and he's like saying the time he's like four o'clock and all is well. <laughs> that's all I remember from this movie. And then I remember the dance. Do you like, remember the lion? That's it. The king yes. is the lion, right? King. I don't even remember what the king's name Richard. is. Richard. Richard the Lionheart. King Richard. Uh. Thank you. Come Richard, on, Michael. Sense. And I remember, um, 
I can't think of any of the characters' names right now, but you've got the bear, mm-hmm. and then there's like the fryer guy. I don't really remember <laughs> this movie at all, honestly. I remember liking it, but I, I, it's been a really long time. I'm looking forward to watching it and seeing if it's yeah, good. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to conjure up some good warm fuzzies. Um, one of the things that I find especially charming about this version of Robin Hood is that they completely mock Richard the Lionheart, which traditionally is such a revered character. Um, so that's something I really enjoy about it. You know, he, he sucks his thumb and he has a security blanket and I just love that. That's right. I do remember the (laughs) thumb sucking. Isn't there a snake in this one too? Yes. Is the snake like the advisor? I don't remember that part of it. I feel like there's a snake and I I think that's what he is, but I really don't remember. Um, the thing that's great, like I think is going to be awesome about this is that, like I said earlier, this is not one that I've seen a ton and ton and ton of like. There's certain Disney movies like this one, The Sword and the Stone, um, even like Cinderella, Snow White, and Sleeping Beauty are just not ones that I'm super familiar with. Like when we started this podcast, we're like, we're not going to do Disney movies, but we like stressed it was really going to be like yeah. the big one. So I'm kind of excited to watch one of these. I don't want to say less known Disney movies, but just the ones that aren't weren't a big part of everybody's childhood. Like, these weren't Oscar-winning movies, like, the ones from our early childhood. Uh, I mean, so I think I'm these were definitely on heavy rotation, but they were just before our time. Exactly. Yeah. Like, these aren't ones that we saw in theaters. No. These were the VHS yes. ones. Let's just go watch <laughs> All right. It. Okay, so we just uh, watched Robin Hood, and I found it to be pretty fun. What did you think, Katrina? I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, I found myself not taking very many notes. Right. Because I was, like, really into the movie. Uh-huh. And like I said at the top of the episode, this is one that I, you know, wasn't in my constant rotation. And all I really remembered was the uh, one o'clock and all is well. <laughs> so I was, you know, just waiting for that part the entire movie. Uh, I loved this movie when I was a kid. And I genuinely don't think I've seen it in at least a decade. It's been a very long time. So there were... I thought I remembered all of it, but there were some nice surprises for me. There were some good one-liners in this. Right. When they're like making fun of uh, King Richard or Prince Richard. Right. So, okay, there's something that I just have to get off my chest. Get it off, honey. (sighs) Take it off. Okay. If all the animals are like buddies and equals, what do they eat? Do they eat like lower class citizens? Are they all vegetarians? Like, I need answers. It's like the same thing in like Zootopia. Right. What are they eating? I don't get it. Things. Okay. So there was a fox, bear. Inexplicably, there was rhinos, hippopotamus, hippopotami. Maid Marian's handmaid was a chicken. Okay. She was a chicken. And a then you nice, had the, uh, juicy, the bard was a chicken. Big chicken. Like, how was she getting through life unscathed? This right? doesn't make and any sense had, to me. A bunch of rabbits. <laughs> I love that the rabbits were the mice, biggest too. families. Yes. Oh, man. Did it show them eat anything in this? Uh, Anybody? I think Prince Richard was eating grapes or something in his little caravan thing. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was eating grapes at, at one point. So Okay, so in this universe, they're all vegetarians. They must be. They must be. Or there's an understanding that, you know, sometimes a family member is going to get eaten. <laughs> this is the dark side of Disney. <laughs> um, Moving on. <laughs> so one of the things that I thought was funny, I got like two things that I want to talk about real quick. The opening credits were interesting because it's got this like country singer and he's like singing about Robin Hood. Yeah, it's like... Um, and then there's whistles and then oh i so love the like music weird. in this it's so simple um, it and funny. cute and it's cheeky yeah it's cheeky and then the physics of this movie <laughs> so the fir- right off the bat it's like, like jungle book first- i haven't seen jungle book since i was probably four or five i don't remember jungle book at all but in this one there's a part where they're getting chased by the uh guards and Robin Hood jumps on Little John's shoulders, who's a giant bear, and they're running, and he grabs like a tree branch, and they loop to loop up, and they float, though. It's like the physics of it, like if you can say, all right, he's strong enough to act as like a like a, a pendulum or whatever, it didn't make sense. How much does a bear weigh, like 3,000 pounds? No, they're not that much. I mean, like a big bear. They're like in the thousands. If you're looking like, at like the that. size comparison. Right. It would be like one of our nephews lifting me while on my shoulders. But the thing is, it's not just the fact that he was able to lift. It was they swing and then they go vertical and they float vertically up super slow. Right. (laughs) And then also there's a point where the little boy rabbit has a little bow and arrow and he barely pulls it and he shoots it like a thousand yards into the castle. And then there was another thing that didn't make sense. Oh, and then the uh, chicken that you brought up, the uh, handmaid, mm-hmm. she's able to stiff arm rhinos and hippopotamuses. Hippopotami. Hippopotami. <laughs> when like, and there's like a football like suit with like football charge music, and she's just like running in and stiff arming them and stuff like that. She really did. Yeah, she's a badass. So, um, should we do like a quick summary of this? Um, yeah, sure. Do you want to summarize it? Or do you want me? I want you to. Okay. <laughs> So the thing that really quickly, the thing that's interesting about this movie, there's like three different points where it seemed like the movie could have ended because I'm thinking that this might have been set up to be a short and then they decided to make it a feature because hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of points where it's like a very self-contained story that ends. Right. So the beginning of the movie opens up with um, Robin and little John like on a trail and then they happen to come across, uh, happen to come across the prince. And then they pretend to be fortune tellers and they steal all the jewels. Meanwhile, the, like, the snake, Sir Hiss, is trying to warn the prince the entire time. And that was like a good 15, 20 minute thing. And then they go and have like a celebratory dinner. So I was like, okay, like if it was just like a Disney short, it would have ended right there. Right. But then they go and have this little thing with the kids where uh, Robin's pretending to be a blind beggar and gives this rabbit a bunch of stuff for his birthday and... The, the the kids go and visit Maid Marian and the handmaiden in the uh, castle because they're retrieving the arrow. And then they find out that they still love Robin or she still loves Robin. Robin loves her. And then the prince to set a trap makes the, you know, the famous archery scene that's in every version of Robin Hood. And that scene goes on for a very long time. There's this big thing where they reveal that Robin Hood is the person who won and then they try to trap him. They reveal that it's a trap and there's a big fight scene. So yeah, they reveal that they know who Robin Hood is the entire time. And there's this big fight scene. They eventually get away. And then they go and have this big celebration with like the entire village. 
and they have this thing where it's kind of weird. It almost seems like Robin and uh, Marianne went and like banged because like <laughs> it shows this whole really pretty water scene, and then it shows them like emerge from this cave, and then there's like a party going on. So that was a little strange. And then at that point, you think the movie might be over, and I was frustrated because I was like, "Where's the four o'clock and all as well?" Uh, and then it turns out what ends up happening is they go and kidnap the the friar. And then they have to go and rescue the friar. And at the end of the movie, King, is it King John? King James? What? Which is the, the real king? Is it King James King or Richard. King no, that's Prince. Prince John, that is King it? Richard. Oh, okay. So I had it, the names reversed. So Prince Richard, or Prince, or King Richard comes back and all as well. He pardons Robin Hood, pardons all the merry men and everything is good. So, interestingly enough, there was an alternate ending. Yes, there was. And that is included in the Most Wanted Edition DVD. Do you want me to read it to you? Sure. All right. So, as Robin leaps off of the castle into the moat, he is wounded, presumably by one of the arrows shot into the water after him and carried away to the church for safety. Prince John, enraged that he has once again been outwitted by Robin Hood, finds Little John leaving the church and suspects the outlaw to be there as well. Sure enough, he finds Maid Marian tending to an unconscious Robin Hood and draws a dagger to kill them both. This gets dark. Before Prince John can strike, however, he is stopped by his brother King Richard, having returned from the Crusades. King Richard is appalled to find that Prince John has left his kingdom bleak and oppressed. Abiding his mother's wishes, King Richard decides he cannot banish Prince John from the kingdom, but does grant him severe punishment, which explains how Prince John, Sir Hiss, and the sheriff ended up in the royal rock pile. King Richard returns Nottingham to its former glory before leaving for the Third Crusade. Nice. Yep. I think the ending we had was fine. So I find it very interesting that um, Maid Marian's character is who she is in most modern adaptations of Robin Hood, whereas in the earliest versions of Robin Hood of Sherwood Forest, Maid Marian is actually like this body bar wench who's banging Friar Tuck. And no one else. Nice. Like, she's only with Friar Tuck in the earliest adaptations of the Robin Hood story. And um, I also find it very interesting that uh, King Richard is, like, this larger-than-life, amazing, wonderful character when in real life, like, I mean, the Crusades were not not so nice, and he was kind of a rapist. No, he's <laughs> fine. Back then, it was Okay. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. The Crusades were the Holy Wars. They were supposed to do that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, speaking funny. speaking of back then, this was, what, 1973 that this 1973. came out? 1973. And yes. I love how when you revisit old Disney movies, there is always, without fail, a cross-dressing moment. Yeah. So when uh, Prince John is on his caravan... And Robin Hood and Little John uh, decide that they're going to rob him in the woods. They dress up as gypsy women. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and it was weird because that scene actually made no sense to me as the longer it went. So basically, in a nutshell, yeah, they go and they pretend to tell the fortune and they slowly rip off all the jewels and all the gold and everything like that. But there's a point where Little John sees a giant treasure chest being held up by four rhinos mm -hmm. and somehow he gets in 
between them, uses his sword like a drill and gets all the gold. And somehow they don't see him. Rhinos don't have like any peripheral away. vision, Michael. Duh. But it was right in front of them. <laughs> well, I mean, he was underneath it. There's no way they wouldn't have seen and heard him approaching. I, I think this is Here a the, situation the for Mythbusters. Right? <laughs> so that bugged me. And then the whole tip. But then they notice him at the peripherals later on when they like, because he's got more gold, he's looking more uh, busty and voluptuous. So they're like <laughs> oogling him. As opposed to lumpy and weighted down. Right. And you know what's also really, So you brought up the whole uh, what do they eat thing. Mm-hmm. In this one, there's also got to be interspecies right. stuff going on. How does that work? Like they they're all flirting with each other. They're all flirting with each other. And yet there are no like hybrids in this story. No. No. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's just what for the fun. And then uh, you go to your own kind for marrying. Oh, oh, so like a like a Roman kind of thing or Greek kind of thing where they had their wives, but then they had their little boys that they played with. Those are called punks. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> the origin of the word punk. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I want to talk about is the um, the voice talent of this movie. Mm-hmm. So you, did you recognize anybody in this movie? Anybody's voices? Um, Phil Harris as Little John, but he is in pretty much everything from this era. Yeah, he was Baloo. He was uh, Thomas O'Malley. Mm-hmm. He was also a voice in the very first movie that we covered on Ruin My Childhood, in the very first episode. He played the dog in uh, Rockadoodle. Ugh, Rockadoodle. <laughs> <laughs> I hated Rockadoodle. <laughs> and the sheriff not- of Nottingham was also in uh, Aristocats, is my favorite character. He's like that one old junk hound, uh, junkyard dog. It's like... I'm the leader. It's Pat Buttram. I'll see where we go. Was that? Pat Buttram. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I mean, but it's yeah. always been this way where there are like a top 20 voice actors at any given time and they're doing 90% of the work in the industry. But, you know, it also like adds to the nostalgia of everything because the the tone and timber and cadence of that specific voice even though it's playing different characters it still has the warm fuzzy effect and i feel like that's just multiplied by all the characters that they've played the thing that's funny about it is though these actors play the they do their like country bumpkin voice right like american south voice and this is supposed to be you know what the 1500s and uh or 1600s in england right (laughs) that doesn't make any sense like um, that is something in, uh, that most movies still do, though, where, you know, a true. couple of people will have the correct accent and the rest are just doing whatever. Well, <sighs> we just did... Um, like Valkyrie. Three Musket... What was that? Like Valkyrie. Valkyrie, you have Tom Cruise. Or, I mean, like every other Robin Hood ever made, <laughs> realistically. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just did um, Three Musketeers on Remake Rewind. And in the 1993 Disney version, it starred four Americans, and they just did their American accents. Ugh. And then in the the reboot from 2011, they were all British guys. That's so just at so least insulting. They had British accents. Well, it was three British guys and one American, and Mila Jovovich. <laughs> Mila Jovovich didn't attempt an accent at all. <laughs> the American guy tried, and it was awful. So yeah, you're right. This Ugh. is still going on. Okay, so aside from the obvious issues of interspecies erotica and inaccurate accents, we still love this movie. It was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> so um, Sir I, Hiss I, has a cloak. 
which I never noticed before and highly appreciated. Something else that I completely forgot about and totally love, and we should insert a sound clip, is Prince John's laugh. Sure. He had the best laugh. Taxes! (laughs) Taxes! Beautiful, lovely taxes. (laughs) Or when he sucks his thumbs all the time. It's delightful. Mother, mother. (laughs) Mommy. I just thought of another scene that I loved. It it made no sense, but it was really fun, and I I get why they did it. So there's a part where at the archery contest, Sir Hiss is trying to let uh, Prince James know, or Prince John know, that uh, Robin Hood and the Merry Men are there. So he puts his head in a balloon, exhales, and inflates, and then he uses his (laughs) tail as a propeller. I love that. There are just so many like silly, ridiculous things in this. And, you know, it's like a sign of the times. It's the kind of humor that was popular back then. Yeah. Like that would not be in a kid's movie these days, but it's hilarious and delightful. (laughs) Actually, I feel like that would still be in a kid's movie. That'd be something I could see happening in SpongeBob. You know, what wouldn't be in a movie these days is uh, Maid Marian pretty much molesting that little rabbit boy in the bushes. Oh, yeah, it's true. She, like, kissed him and stuff. That was, like, highly inappropriate. So She was she, pretending he was Robin. And... Right. He shoots his arrow um, in the most unlikely manner over the wall. So, okay, I don't understand this either. Why does Maid Marian live with Prince John? They're cousins. They say it at the end of the movie. And that's weird. That's a whole other thing. So anyway, this little rabbit boy and the other kids from the village end up climbing over the wall or sneaking in somehow to go get his arrow back and Maid Marian and her handmaid see them and then decide that they want to play because, you know, they're bored and um, they start. Right. So they're they're play acting and it ends with Maid Marian and what is this boy's name? This little rabbit boy. I don't remember. I'm looking it up right now. Uh... <clears throat> Billy? Mm, I don't see it. Maybe. Skippy. It's Skippy, isn't it? Maybe. I don't see it. There's Sis is the little rabbit. I don't see him. I think Skippy. it's Skippy. Yeah, it is Skippy. It's Skippy. So Maid Marion and Skippy end up in the bushes, and she's like, well, at the end of this adventure, she would get a kiss. And it was just yeah, um, a little inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, a little weird. A little weird. I mean, generally, children's movies should be showing kids um, like healthy relationships with adults and establishing boundaries. <laughs> and in this one, Skippy's like, "Ugh, that, that's disgusting!" And she just like you know grabs him and lays one on him, which is ugh, disgusting. Robin Hood's wanted posters, <laughs> and would like look at him. And say he's handsome. So like the little girl sis says something along the lines so like he's so handsome. handsome, just like his reward poster. And then Marian, uh, Lord Marion, has you say the, Lord um, Marion? Did I say Lord? <laughs> I, I meant lady. It's Maid Marion. Maid Marion <laughs> had it too, and she un- like she actually shows it, and he's like posed with like an archery full body, pose, and it's in full color, <laughs> full body wanted poster. <laughs> It was pretty funny, but there were some really good one-liners in this movie, too. Like, I liked at the beginning of the movie, they're having, like, an existential crisis. Like, little John goes, you know something, Robin? I was just a-wondering, are we good guys or bad guys? You know, I mean, are Robin the rich to feed the poor? And Robin goes, 
Rob, tis, tis, tis. That's a naughty word. We never rob. We just sort of borrow a bit from those who can afford it. <laughs> and little John goes, borrow? Boy, are we in debt. Right. <laughs> and stuff like that. It was pretty funny. Um, One thing I wasn't sure about is, uh, like, what is Sir Hiss's angle? How is know. he benefiting from this situation? Because he ends up in the royal rock pile at the end, and he wasn't really benefiting from oh. anything in the beginning. Like... Um, Prince John would specifically I, I, I make him hold still so that he could abuse him. Um, he would have well, to like go into the basket whenever he disagreed with him and be sat on. Prince John would regularly tie him in a knot, and he had to sleep at the foot of his bed like a dog. So I can tell you what his benefits are. What? So he, so first off, he was the he was actually the one responsible for the Crusades. They say at the beginning Circus. of the movie. That he hypnotized Richard oh. to go do the crusade so that way they can be in charge. Mm. So he's like the number two guy. So yeah, he's getting a little bit of abuse from the prince, but he still is like the number two guy in command and he's in charge of watching the gold too. Because at the end of the movie, there's also a scene that defies physics where he <laughs> was like holding on to the bed right. and holding on to all the treasure while everybody was yanking him out. Yeah. So he, he was in a position of power still, even if he was number two and had to take some abuse. But there were a few times where you tried to hypnotize the prince right. to get him to see what was what. Where was did what. he acquire these hypnosis skills? Where did he come from? What's his backstory? In Disney movies, snakes all have hypnotizing powers. Oh. Isn't there a hypnotizing snake in uh, the Jungle Book? I think there is. And then you've got the staff in Aladdin hypnotizes thing, and it's shaped after what a snake. What is with the snakes, Disney? I need answers. We need Sir Hiss's backstory. Where did he come from? Where did he get these skills? We need the gritty reboot with uh, <laughs> Sir Hiss's We backstory. need an origin story for Sir Hiss and his little, uh, his little cape. Um, you know what's... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. One of the things I did really, really appreciate about this movie, and this is something that most movies never get right, is when there's a prison scene or something like that, no. and the bars are always so wide that it's like, why don't you just squeeze through? Right. In this one, they there is a point where like a gate shuts and Robin just like sends the little kids out because they can fit. So they just squeeze through the right. gates. And then in the other prison scene, they had little tiny shackles for the mice, little small, like medium sized shackles for the rabbits and then like bigger shackles for like Friar Tuck the badger. Like they had the right equipment for the animals they had. Most movies, they would just all have the same size shackles and defying logic, the creatures would stay put. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated that. Right. Um, I mean, like, obviously the physics of cartoons are just going to be a little bit goofy. One thing I especially appreciated is that the parade towards the end of the movie, they managed to squeeze, what, like two or three elephants on top of each tower? When yeah. in reality, the elephants would not have fit through the doorways to get up there, which I found absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, well, there was also like the strange physics where the uh, sheriff of Nottingham uh, walks by the beggar version of Robin mm -hmm. and he like bounces a coin into his cup and then three coins bounce mm -hmm. out kind of thing. Like there's still lots of goofy physics, but it was a fun movie. Oh, that's like right before the movie gets really sad and dark. It gets dark for a little oh. bit. Well, well, they all go to jail, and like that—that that part still made me sad. And they're like feeding each other their little bit of soup, and they're like sick little mice. Crumbs. It's so sad. Yeah. And then they start well, talking they about a, like hanging the entire people. town. 
Yeah. Well, the whole plot to get Robin was they were going to murder a clergyman. Mm-hmm. They were going to kill the friar to get to and him. And then he bounced them out of his church with his big old belly. Yep. Yeah. That's how I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only about 400 pounds away. You got to have goals. Yep. Man, I, I, I wrote down so many physics, like mind <laughs> so breaking weird. stuff. And it's like, there's another part with the, like, going back to the, when the snake makes the, uh, I, I guess, like a hot air balloon with his breath. The, um, they shoot him down with, uh, a, a, is it a, a loot? Right. Yeah. Is that like the, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. They shoot, the friar shoots him down with that. Like, he uses a musical instrument as a weapon. Right. Like, where did he get his skill? Amazing accuracy. What is Friar Tuck's backstory? I think he needs an origin I, right? story too. We need his greedy reboot. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the the vultures are the the guards. That's the ones that like the vultures are the ones that go like four o'clock and all is well. <laughs> there's a point where like they shoot and then there's like a shield goes up and it bounces back at the exact right angle. Like it doesn't deflect. Like it's a rounded shield. But it comes back in the exact direction that it shoots and stuff like that. It was funny. I do appreciate I that there's the an archery competition, and presumably these people think that they all have a shot at winning, and yet they're like somehow all different skill levels in this competition. <laughs> like yeah. the turtle actually shoots and then hides back in his shell. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Well, this one had the twist on the uh, classic Robin Hood shooting the arrow and then splitting the next arrow mm-hmm. kind of thing like this there's a point where like one of the guards tries to trip him as he's shooting and so the the arrow goes super high and he's able to draw another arrow shoot it at the original arrow redirects the original arrow into a bullseye mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know <sighs> interesting competition well and and wasn't I, I, the it sounds like the prize for the competition like a kiss from Maid Marian. Why? Well, it was the gold arrow. No, it was the golden arrow, but she added that because she knew he was there and was going to oh, Okay, that makes more sense. I'm like, okay, so first of all, this fox is somehow a cousin to a lion, which yes. which is odd. You know, that's a, little, that's a little weird. I don't know how that would happen. Maybe it's a cousin by marriage. There you go. Okay, so that makes more sense. But she has to like live with this poor schmuck She's super bored, like so bored that she wants to like go around kissing rabbits in the bushes. <laughs> and then she just always has to be by his side, like he's pimping this poor fox out in this competition. I think they call her a vixen in this movie. <laughs> On the poster, I think it's well, a vixen Lord is Marian, a female a fox. Vixen. I know. God, Mike. <laughs> um,. I don't have much more to talk about in this movie, do you? I don't either. I mean, I am a little bit hung up on the fact that all these animals are living together, not eating each other, yet somehow uh, sexually involved, but not producing hybrids. It's a weird place. These uh, it is a weird place. anthropomorphic things are uh, are weird. I don't know how I feel about it. Do you it. think this was the start of the furry ec- epidemic? Oh, this is where it all started. Because there are some like lingering shots of both of the foxes looking all definitely hot and handsome. Yeah, what's weird? This is how it started. The so I know it sounds perversion. like we're like, ru- like just rubbishing this movie. I it loved was, it. Like, it was great. Like we're we're just pointing out the flaws because that's what you do in a movie podcast, <laughs> whether or not you like the movie or not. I think my favorite but part I, of this. I, I, 
is the music and the animation style. It had that scruffy, distinct animation style. And, you know, I think it, it, it was a lot more rough than other similar ones. So the Jungle Book definitely had a similar animation style, but this one was so distinctly, right. like, scruffy. That's the, the best way I can describe well, it. it. I loved it. Like, the backgrounds were super, super detailed, and, like, the actual characters, I don't think, looked as good as the background. Like, it almost looked like a like a diorama thing where you make this real beautiful scene and then you just put like something that doesn't look almost like a South Park, but with the background being better than the characters. I thought it was perfect, but it was fun. I really liked it. Like I got used to it. The world looked really nice. Like as much as we kind of made fun of this movie, it's, it's a product of its time and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It definitely holds up. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So Katrina, Mm -hmm. Next, our next episode falls in October. Yeah. So I think we're gonna do some Halloween themed episodes. Oh yeah. What 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 are we gonna we do? We are next? doing Hocus Pocus. Oh. 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 Hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then where can I our listeners find you? I am all over the internet at Katrinaosity, especially on YouTube. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Binge watch a few videos. Have fun. And you can fig- find everything that's MDX Pods at mdxpods.com. Instagram and Twitter for like daily updates and stuff like that. We're at MDX Pods, of Sliding course. into those and, DMs. And uh, check us. Slide into them DMs. And uh, of course, check out patreon.com slash MDX Pods. We have um, updated the, the Patreon page. We deleted all our old posts. And we're trying to make a habit of getting these episodes out early so you can actually listen to episodes of Ruin My Childhood and Remake Rewind a day early by being a uh, patron on Patreon. Boop. And yeah, we're just trying to put some stuff out there. Um, we're eventually going to start selling prints of Dustin's artwork on Remake Rewind. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, check us out and uh, help us out. That's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. Come back soon. Bye. <laughs>